Because this episode of the Audacity to Podcast is about editing, you'll actually hear it raw and unedited, and I'll comment at the end of the episode on some of the things that I might have changed. Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 178. Do you really need to edit your podcasts? And what about authenticity? Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. And part of finding success is all about how you define success for you and your podcast. And do you edit yourself for success. That's what this episode is all about is should we really be editing our podcasts or should we be editing our podcasts if you don't already edit your podcasts? This is part of a mini series of episodes I'm doing that I'm calling Challenging the Podcasting Assumptions, where I take something that we have assumed to be true for a while in podcasting, either just because someone else told us or that's what we see someone else doing or it worked for us, so why change it? And challenging these things to find out does this still stand true? Should we still do this? And since I'm talking about editing, like I mentioned at the beginning before the episode, this episode is actually going to be edit-free, which makes my job a lot easier. I do do a little editing on the Audacity podcast, and I usually have a problem with my opening that sometimes I botch it up a little bit, but very surprisingly, I didn't this time, but I'm not going to comment on any of the other things I might have edited because I want to present a smooth presentation to you. So at the end of the episode, when I completely finish it, I say the Noodle Mix and the Tech Podcast Network stuff at the very end, then I will come back and tell you what I would have edited in this recording so you can get an idea of how I think about editing. But Let's talk about what editing is for podcasting and why we should edit and should we be editing or maybe why we shouldn't be. Because editing is a savior to some people and to other people, it's like a living hell because it's so much work. So when we're talking about editing, it doesn't always mean removing stuff. Sometimes it means improving your content by moving things around, taking the same section of content, pushing it in a different place, or updating certain information, adding new stuff, even stuff like adding background effects or intro and outro. That's all part of editing. Editing is where you edit your production. It can be audio or video. You're anything basically that changes it from its raw version other than converting it to the final file. So everybody probably does a tiny bit of editing and that might be you edit at the beginning where maybe you count down three two one record and then you edit at the end some extra silence or anything like that we all probably do some level of editing but why should we think about editing podcasts i'll talk about why and then why not and there are many reasons that you could consider editing a podcast before you publish it one is, depending on your recording style, if you're live mixing everything or not, you may want to edit to insert an intro, outro, segues, background music, and other sound clips or visual aids if you're a video podcast. You may want to edit to fix problem areas such as static or overly loud or overly quiet places. You may want to edit to relieve some pressure by knowing that if you mess up, you can just pause and repeat what didn't come out right and be able to edit that so you don't have to feel like you get it perfectly or else leave a problem in there. You may want to edit to tighten flow by removing gaps between your sentences or between thoughts or conversation passes. Like when you're having an interview and you ask someone a question and there's some silence while they think about the answer or just... So often, it's not necessarily a silence while they think about the answer. It could be a bandwidth issue. It could just be they're not sure if they heard you. Or maybe there's a, uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. Some little subtle sound that they're making, but some way that you're tightening up those gaps so that the conversation flows a lot more. 
you may want to edit to remove mistakes, such as a cough, a mic bump, or some other kind of unwanted and unplanned noise. You may edit to refine your communication, like removing your verbal crutches, um, and uh, and you know, or just stumbling over your, I mean, stum- I mean, stumbling over your words, like that. You may edit to uh, refine your communication by cleaning up the dialogue a little bit too, or removing irrelevant parts from your audio. If you realize that something just doesn't need to be in there, you could edit it out, remove it later on, or it just wasn't that great. I do this often with my clean comedy podcast that, well, not often, but every now and then, that we'll have an episode and I present something in the podcast and it just flops. It's not as funny as I thought it would be. And so afterward, I think, hmm, that's not really great content. And we're going to go ahead and cut that out. And so I have my editor do that. And if you want a recommendation for an editor, look at the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash editing, the show notes for episode 178. You may also edit your podcast to add information like commercials or segments or corrections or any other kinds of extras you may have missed before that you want to stick into your audio. Generally, we edit to give a better, smoother, more understandable, and in some way more professional presentation. We don't edit because we like it, usually. We edit because we want to sound better or look better. And we think that will make the podcast flow a little bit better. It is entirely possible to over-edit. If I were to remove all of the gaps between my sentences and even between my words, I would sound completely unnatural and it would be stressful to listen to me. So depending on the editing skills that you have and the software that you choose to use, you may even be at the point where you believe that you could turn a bad podcast into a great podcast just by editing it out. And there are certain podcasts I've heard where the content is good, their presentation is horrible, but maybe some editing could improve their presentation. But I'm going to give you some three golden rules about editing in a little bit. So that's why you may want to edit your podcast. Why would you not want to edit podcasts? It comes down really to a a hate for editing primarily, but some of the reasons that people won't want to edit podcasts or maybe that you shouldn't edit a podcast is that it takes so much time or maybe too much time. Generally, depending on your skill, it's probably going to be three minutes of editing for every one minute of audio. If you're editing video, it's usually about double that. And this all depends on how much you're editing it. Now, when I edit my podcasts, and I have an assistant who edits some of my other podcast episodes, but I generally edit the Audacity to Podcast myself, except for the last episode, number 177. I had someone else edit that because I was so busy launching my podcast reviews. I've got a cool announcement about that, by the way, something involving free you might like. But so my editing workflow is a lot shorter and it's generally fix the problem areas, trim the opening and beginning and put it out there. So my editing time is actually probably half a minute for every recorded minute of audio or a quarter of a minute because I don't listen back to the entire episode. If you do listen back to your entire episode or watch your entire episode for your editing, then that's when it starts taking a lot longer because you have to consume the content. So that's one minute for one minute as is. And then the amount of time it takes you to edit all of those minutes. So that's one reason why you should not edit podcasts. Another is that maybe you don't have the skills to edit podcasts. That working in Audacity or Audition or any software like that just confuses you. You're not quite sure how to work with it. It is pretty easy once you realize that if you're able to work with a Word document or some kind of word processor, and you can cut, copy, paste, select text, move it around. You can edit audio. Audio just looks different. It's a different language. Think of it that way. And you can learn to recognize it a little bit. So it doesn't take much skills, but sometimes people just don't have the skills. Another reason not to edit is that it costs too much to have someone else to do it. You could be looking at $50 per hour of labor 
And if we're talking about three minutes of labor for every one minute of audio, then you could be looking at paying someone $150 to edit a one-hour podcast. Now, that's a very high rate for editing. You might be able to find help much lower than that, closer to the $10 range and anywhere in between, above and even below if you go overseas. So there are many different pricing options out there, but many people I know, we're podcasters, we're poor podcasters, and you might not have the money to be able to pay someone else to edit it for you. Another reason not to edit podcasts is you want to get the podcast episode out very quickly. I apply this with our initial reactions episodes on Sunday nights for our TV show fan podcast, Once Podcast. It's about the TV show Once Upon a Time. It's recorded on Sunday nights, 15 minutes after the TV show airs. We record our initial thoughts, and we're kind of a bit all over the place There might be some awkward pauses here and there. We do very little or almost no editing because speed is the most important thing. In that case, I'm in East Coast time, and we get to see the episode first of The Americans. And I want to have our podcast episode online before West Coast even finishes watching the TV show so that it's available for them to download as soon as they finish watching their own show. That's how quickly I want the turnaround. So for our half-hour episode, we do very little editing. Speed is the most important thing. And this is a reason that you may not want to edit is if you want to get your content out there immediately after you record it. Some people don't edit just because they don't care how they sound. And that can be okay in some cases. In other cases, you may not want to edit because you feel like editing would make you not sound authentic. And that's why I'm going to talk a little bit about authenticity in just a moment. So generally, when you're looking at why not to edit podcasts, it's generally the time and expense is the biggest reason or the two biggest reasons not to edit your podcast. If you're trying to be perfect, though, you'll never get a podcast episode out there. That's what I struggled with during my first two years of podcasting with The Ramen Noodle. In two years, I had nine episodes because I was trying to edit those episodes to perfection. For a 15-minute episode, it would take me a total of about eight hours of work because I scripted the episode, I refined the script, I enhanced the script, then I recorded it, I had to perform it verbatim. And I didn't get to it so much then. And that's why for two years, I only had nine episodes. So don't try to be perfect because perfection will kill a podcast. And I think that many of the podcasts you see out there that have pod faded have probably in some way wanted to try too hard to be perfect, but it might also come back to other expectations. So does editing remove your authenticity? This is a reason that many people will cite for not wanting to edit their content and edit themselves is because they feel like they shouldn't edit. They refuse to edit because editing means they're no longer authentic. And you may even hear this in someone's podcast when someone has a mistake and they say, I'm not going to edit that because I'm being true, I'm being real, I'm being authentic with you. Well, then they just focused so much more on the problem by saying, I'm not going to edit that out. That's why in this episode, whatever stuff I need to edit out, I'm not going to comment on it. I'm going to focus on my presentation, which is what I usually do. And then I'll let you know later what kind of stuff I would have edited out. Authenticity is really a two-sided issue. On one side, editing will seem like a lack of authenticity because it's like you don't want people to hear how you really are and you want to cover it up with editing in some way or you weren't as good at presenting as you thought you were and you want to fix it up, improve it. Yeah, that's on one side of the editing authenticity issue. On the other side, though, editing can improve your authenticity because Improving your presentation by editing can allow your viewer or listener to focus on your content, on your presentation, and on your personality to say, I'm not going to edit that out, or to leave in little mistakes is not really part of your personality. That's just a mistake in the audio or in the video. 
It's not your personality. We all make mistakes. We all have that same personality. So to edit helps people actually see your actual personality more by not focusing on the mistakes that you make. It's like if I were to tell you, oh, I never say the word um, or I I struggle with saying the word um. If I bring attention to it, you are going to pay far more attention to how many times I say um and struggle with that. So it really depends on how much editing you try with your podcast. And that ties in with the level of authenticity. But it's not an exact correlation. I can't say if you do a lot of editing, that means you're not being authentic. If you do a lot of editing, it could just be that you want to present your best self and you struggled a little bit with presentation. When I record videos, I struggle a lot more with video than I do with audio because there's something about me that I feel like the video needs to be a bit more refined in the communication. And what often seems to happen is I haven't prepared as much, or maybe it's because I don't have as many notes in front of my face when I'm doing video that I I struggle a little bit more to present well. But in front of a crowd, I don't have that kind of problem. And I don't mind if I have a little goof here and there. And speakers will have that where they accidentally stumble over a word or anything like that, but they correct it and they keep going on or they just keep going on, whatever the case is. So the amount of editing is not the same as the amount of authenticity. You may edit a lot and still be fully authentic depending on your approach to editing and your approach to your presentation, especially if you allow yourself the freedom and relieve yourself of that pressure of having to get it perfect and stumble and try to fix your little glitches and just recognize, I can edit this, so I'm going to say this again differently and do a little retake. And I'll give you some tips on those in a moment. So I don't think editing necessarily removes your authenticity. It's not about authenticity. Editing is about your presentation. But how much should you edit? And the answer to this question, like so much in podcasting, is entirely up to you. Since you have the audacity to podcast, you can choose how much editing you're going to do. For some people, I think the answer is you need more editing than you do now. For other people, I think you could say you need less editing than you do right now. I don't think that you'll notice over-editing as much as under-editing. Yes, there are cases where if someone clips a word badly or they merge their sentences too close together where there's no breath space in between, or they remove every single breath in their audio. Yes, those are cases where it's a lack of skill makes for a worse editing job. But I don't think you'll notice when someone has edited a lot of stuff out. Like if you watch some of my videos, especially some of my more recent videos where I have B-roll footage, like supporting footage, and it's my microphone videos, for example. Look at my ElectroVoice RE20 or RE320 reviews at theaudacitypodcast.com slash RE20 and slash RE320. When you watch those, it looks like a nice, smooth presentation, and there's this great supporting footage of the microphone showing what I'm talking about in between these certain spots. What you don't know is every time you see something other than me in that video, It's because I was covering up an edit point, which you need to do in video, depending on your approach to video editing. So you wouldn't notice that amount of editing. And it could mean that in the future, I should do less editing than before, or maybe more editing. But for you, it's really up to you how much you should do. There are certain podcasts I've heard where something happens, and I think one of two things. One is, first... But they didn't need to draw attention to that. They didn't need to comment on their production within their recording. The second thing I think is, well, they could have easily edited that out. And you don't have to go to editing as your savior. The, the best, well, I'll give you the golden rules in just a moment under this point. But the beauty of podcasting is really that you can do it however you want. But every single choice you make in life, and also in podcasting, 
has consequences. So if you're working too hard to edit so much of your podcast, you can very easily kill your drive. You may not kill your passion for the topic, but you'll kill your passion for wanting to podcast about the topic. And under-editing can make your audience want to kill you if you don't present well, if it's not very consumable, it's not enjoyable, if it's frustrating to listen to because just a little bit of editing would make you sound so much better or improving something else instead. Like everything, I generally recommend a middle ground for this. Not to edit too much, not to edit too little, but somewhere in the middle. So here are three golden rules that I have for podcast editing. And these are simple. And you may have heard these on the podcast, The Feed, the official Libsyn podcast. My three golden rules are number one, improve your presentation first. Number two, remove distractions. And number three, keep authenticity. So golden rule number one, improve your presentation first. Most people will prefer to edit because they're not good presenters. Now, it is something very different when you're talking into a microphone and there's no audience in front of you. There's no person in front of you. I was talking with someone the other day and they were saying that this was a problem where they felt like that when they got on the microphone, their passion dropped a little bit. They weren't as excited to talk. And I do recommend that when you are recording your podcast, be just a little bit bigger than life. Because the recording technologies we use seem to downgrade our personalities and our enthusiasm and our energy just a little bit. It's like you've probably heard people say camera lights make you look pale and pasty. That's why you need to wear powder and makeup and all of this stuff. And it's true that your camera lights will make any kind of oil on your face shine a whole lot more. These camera lights can just make you look not as real. But if you're away from the camera, away from the lights, you'll look fine. People also say the camera adds 10 pounds to your body, stuff like that. So keep that in mind with when you're recording that, yes, you need to be just a little bit bigger than life, but not unauthentic or inauthentic. And what this comes back to is just like with noise removal, it's really best to fix your problems before you press record or before they make it into the microphone. If you feel like editing every single um, uh, and you know, and other verbal crutch from your podcast, I do recommend try it once and remove every single one of them and count how many of them you removed, how many of them you had to leave in in order to let it be a smoother flow, and then work to remove those from your regular language. You may be surprised how many times you say um and uh. This is something that I do with podcast masterclass students is that when we look at their podcast, we go through this really thorough review of their podcast that takes at least two or three hours with them to go through all of these talking points. And one of the things that I look for is how many times do you say um, uh, and what are your verbal crutches? What are the things that you struggle with? And I count those, not to say, oh, this means you fail because you said this word a hundred times, but to let you know. Because so often, if you don't edit your own audio, you may not realize how many times you use a particular verbal crutch. I know my verbal crutches, and one of them is starting sentences unnecessarily with the word and or unnecessarily with the word but. It's not wrong to start a sentence with either of those words, but that happens. There are other cases where I say I start with so and other forms of intro things, not quite the way that you commonly hear, but in different ways, in my own struggling ways. And now I've drawn attention to those things. So you will notice them now more. The easiest way really to overcome verbal crutches in your podcast and in life as you're communicating is replace them with silence. If you feel unsure about something, instead of saying, um, just pause You could have another response, like if someone asks you a question, instead of saying, uh, yeah, I think that's great, you could instead say, hmm, that's a great question, let me think about that. Pause, and then you speak. And these kinds of things are also really easy to edit, because if you completely lose your place and lose your train of thought, 
instead of stumbling over yourself, babbling on and on, just leave some silence in there. And it's really easy to find then when you do your editing. But also if you, instead of saying and using these verbal crutches, if you pause, that creates some silence in your recording. And it's really easy to remove these silences depending on the software tools that you use. Like Audacity has a great truncate silence feature. Actually, I think its truncate silence feature is far better than Adobe Audition's feature because the Audacity truncate silence works across multiple tracks. So if you remove the silence in one track, it removes it in the other track. But if the other track isn't silent at that point, like an interview, for example, where you have a lot of silences in one track or the other, Audacity doesn't misalign those tracks. In Audition, you can only work with truncate silence on a single track at a time, and that's where you can get into big trouble. But I have an episode about truncate silence, and it's linked to in the show notes for this episode of the podcast over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash editing in the show notes for episode 178. So you can remove these things before you present, get better at communicating before you press record, and then you will have so much better of a presentation in your podcast, and you'll have to do so much less editing that it will be a breeze for you. And this will spill over into other areas of life as well. This is one of the fun things about broadcasting live is that it forces you to get better at your presentation. That's something that Todd Cochran keeps referring to. He does his shows live over at geeknewscentral.com, and he has several really popular podcasts, and he's also the CEO of Raw Voice and Blueberry. But what he says is that one of the nice challenges of being live is that it, it challenges you to edit yourself and to get better at speaking knowing that what you put out there is going out, it's going out live, people are hearing it right now. Yes, you can edit it before you turn it into a podcast and make it downloadable, but you may not want to. So improve your presentation first. That's golden rule number one. Golden rule number two, remove distractions. If you're going to edit, then remove those things that are distracting you or your listeners or your viewers from your content. Just look around you and you'll see that we all make some kind of mistake, but they're not all extremely distracting until you focus on them, that is. That's when they become distracting. I recommend keeping a pad of paper near you to jot down a timestamp of points that you know need some editing in your podcast or there, there's some kind of catastrophic problem or something is overly distracting and you know you want to remove that later. Or if you use an external recorder like the Zoom H4n and certain other recorders can do this, then you may be able to place a marker in your recording so you don't have to write down a time. You just press a button and it places a marker in your recording. I had an episode, episode 99, about five reasons to consider an external recorder. And this is one of those reasons. Sometimes you get an extra feature like being able to place a marker. I have a link to that in the show notes for this episode, number 178. But if you're recording into software like Adobe Audition or Audacity, you also have the ability to place a marker while you're recording. In Audacity, this is called the label track. And in Audition, it's called a mark or a marker. And I have a link in the show notes with more information about that as well of how you can do that, especially with Audacity, since Audacity is a little bit weirder in the way that it does this. But what you can do is when you're making these markers or these taking these notes, keep them simple. If you make it too complicated, like red means this and blue means this, or number one means this, or number two means this, or I'm going to write down the problem to edit at this point, that can really distract you from your presentation and it can distract whoever you're talking to in your podcast if it's a live podcast and they see you write something down and they think, and this has happened to me before, they think, oh, what I do? He's, he, I messed something up that he, he didn't like, so he's going to edit it. But if you have just a little button you can press without someone noticing, then they won't think that they messed up. They may, might not even notice that you did it unless you draw attention to the fact that you're pressing your button to place a marker. If you keep these simple, where it's just a marker, 
It's not necessarily color-coded. You could get into that, but it's not something like that. It doesn't have to be like that. Just knowing where these places are is enough to jump to that spot, look a little bit before that spot, and you'll probably recognize what it is that you need to edit. This is the way I do it, that I press the little button on my recorder that places a marker, and then in my recordings, I go look at it, or I let my audio editor know where this marker is. There's probably something just before this that needs to be edited a little bit. So we can go and look and see, oh yeah, I stumbled over this, or I pressed the wrong button and got the wrong sound effect, or anything like that just a little bit before this marker. So it's very easy to find these places, edit those, and remove those distractions, but leave everything else in. This increases, or rather this, let me say that differently, this significantly decreases the amount of time that you spend editing your audio because you're editing just those problem spots. You're removing just the distractions. Now, a tip for you, if you are working off a written timestamp list, edit from the end to the beginning. Because if you edit at the beginning, then every edit you make from the beginning to the end, forward to back, forward to back, front to back, if you edit from front to back, then your farther out, your future edits end up misaligned. So you may know that you need an edit point at one minute, at five minutes, and 10 minutes. So I go at one minute and I remove 30 seconds. Well, now my five minute mark has shifted to four minutes, 30 seconds, and my 10 minute mark has shifted to nine minutes, 30 seconds. So at five minutes, I edit out 45 seconds worth. So then my what used to be 10 minute mark was shifted to nine minutes, 30 seconds. But now because I edited something at five minutes, it was shifted to eight minutes and 45 seconds. So for every edit you're doing from front to back, you are time shifting everything else. So if you have a written time list, then it will be very difficult to edit that way. So edit from the back to the front. So you edit at 10 minutes and that doesn't affect any of your edit edit points. You edit then at five minutes, that doesn't affect any of your edit points that you haven't done yet. And then you edit at one point. Or place these markers in your recording so that you can just jump to them. And then it doesn't matter which direction you go because the software interprets these markers and these edit points properly so that when you edit before a marker is placed, the marker shifts with the audio. It's as if there's a beep in your sound, so that beep stays with your sound, but it doesn't actually put a beep. And some software like Audacity doesn't read these markers that are in your recordings, some of the meta information like that. Audition and other professional editing software does, Audacity doesn't. So keep that in mind if you're using an external recorder that does place markers, but you're using Audacity. So whatever it is that you consider a distraction is what you might want to consider removing, but be objective with this and consider your audience. A few verbal pauses or... No, not verbal pauses. A few pauses or some verbal crutches may not be that distracting to your audience. Now, a lot of them could be, but a sniffle or a dog bark or something falling or a mic bump or anything like that could be distracting. And that's where you might want to remove it. Now, when I say a dog bark, I mean a dog in your room or in your house. We have a dog that every now and then something freaks her out. She hears another dog outside or she thinks she hears someone at the door or something happens. And so she barks and it's a little dog. So the bark is a little bit more shrill. And I do not like leaving that in my audio. And anytime my dog barks, then I will remove that from at least from the audacity to podcast with our clean comedy podcast. We're a lot more lenient on what we allow. Sometimes timing is very big in comedy. So you don't necessarily want to remove your silences. But remove those distractions and be objective with this. And if you have a guest on your podcast, focus on making them look and sound great. You may not want to edit yourself at all, but do look at editing them because the more you make your guest sound great, the more they will want to share their experience that they had because they realize, wow, you made me sound really good. I really appreciate this. It still comes back to authenticity, which is the next point. But make sure that 
you make them sound great because if you have a guest that people aren't listening to, it's easier for people to be more critical with the guest. They may not necessarily think about it, but you want to remove any kind of distraction there when you're having a guest so that they sound great, the conversation flows very well. And make sure that however you edit doesn't cause distractions. This is really easy, uh, an easy problem. Let me put it this way. This is an easy problem that can come up in video is that if you edit something, you will see it because it's not just the audio. In audio, I can make an edit and you would never know that anything was edited because all that was removed was stuff surrounded by silence or there can be certain fades that you wouldn't really notice because audio is a lot simpler. You wouldn't notice the edits. You'd probably never know where I edited in past podcasts because audio editing is so much smoother. But in video, you see the edit points. Even if you do a transition between your video edits, you still see maybe your hand was two feet above the ground or above the desk when you did your edit. And then when you come back, it's one foot above. So you have this fade where your hand just appears from one area or your hand just uh, transitions from one area to the other. Or it might be something where maybe you have a harder edit. So it's just pop, 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 where you have these different things. And you might do some of that for a particular editing technique. This is popular on YouTube where you see people do very, very raw kind of editing and they edit themselves a lot. And it makes for this very rapid, fast paced editing. One of the, a couple of videos that I think of in terms of this is uh, one, if you look up the Pixar theory, which by the way, just that alone might make your mind blow. But the way this guy does it is that he's pretty passionate and he has a lot of edits, but instead of staying in the same place while he's editing, he moves around a bit. So at one moment, you see him on the right side of the screen. And then the next edit point, you see him on the left side. Next edit point, he's up close to the screen or the camera. Next edit point, he's farther away. So he's making the edits better by actually making them more different. This goes back to a little bit of a design principle is the idea of contrast. Either make it the same or make it completely different. If things are close, that's when you have conflicts because they they look very close, but they d just don't look quite right because they don't quite match. Like if you have text where one font is size 12 and the other font is size 13 or 14, it's just, it's really close that it just doesn't quite look right. Something looks a little off, but if you have size 12 and size 24, that's a big difference and you'll notice that better and it looks better. So contrast, think of that in your video editing, how you can have some kind of contrast between your points so that it could look like multiple camera angles or look like you reset the scene a little bit, something like that. That doesn't mean move your props around, but something that makes it a little bit more natural. Sometimes it's a subtle fade though, and it really depends on your editing style and your presentation style. If you're staying in one place, you're not moving around, then maybe a quick subtle fade is a better kind of edit point for you. Or the other thing is that you can cover up your edit points by uh, using multiple camera angles and doing a different take at a different camera angle or use some B-roll footage. B-roll footage is any kind of supporting footage. It could be a screenshot. It could be a video. Anything that you display on the screen can cover up your edit points. Like I refer to my ElectroVoice RE20 and RE320 video reviews. If you look at those, you'll see the microphone in different cases. What I did is I just shot a bunch of stuff. I focused on certain areas of the microphone <clears throat> and <clears throat> I focused on different areas of the microphone and I was able to use those to show that as I was talking about something, I could cut to that. And it gave me great points, great edit points and made for a really good production, I think, made it look very high class. And it was covering up editing points, but it made it look great. So don't cause distractions with your editing. By the way, one of the other examples I wanted to mention on the editing where they edit it very tightly and use different camera angles or different positioning is the old show, Ask a Ninja. That has a lot of editing where he's all over the screen 
in that. And it's sometimes upside down on the screen or zoomed in or zoomed out. That kind of stuff is almost like multiple camera angles, but it can be a way that you can make that editing point more obvious, but for a faster paced thing. Not necessarily something you want to do with a professional focused, business focused kind of podcast, but it might be something that you would do for one of those driving podcasts, maybe some comedy or maybe just something that you want to be quick and snappy. So that's golden rule number two, remove distractions. Golden rule number three, keep authenticity. Don't edit yourself so much that you no longer sound like you. If you say um in every single sentence and you edit out every single instance of your saying um, then people will be really surprised if they meet you in person and they see you using um so much. That will give them a very different impression. It might make them think you're not confident around people. You're not good in relationships. It can give all kind of bad impressions. So don't edit yourself or your mistakes so much that you sound flawless, completely flawless. And that when people meet you in real life, they'll think, oh, you don't sound like you do on the podcast. The same thing goes for your voice. Don't process your voice. And that's another form of editing is processing and effects. But don't process your voice so much that when people meet you in person, they'll think, oh, you actually don't have the radio voice I thought you had. And think about uh, some of those things that you may consider, oh, if I edit this out, let me just start that differently. There are certain things that you should edit out and they don't affect your authenticity at all. They're mistakes, like a dog barking in your room. If you, if it doesn't add to the comedic value of the podcast or doesn't contribute to content in some way, if it's just a distraction, that's a distraction. That's a mistake. You edit that out you haven't affected your authenticity at all. But if you have a little stumble over a word or you need to quickly repeat part of something, this is not removing your authenticity. Let me say that again. I read my note wrong. If you stumble a little over something or have to do a quick repeat, that's not necessarily part of your authenticity, or it may be part of your authenticity. So if you remove it, then it may be removing part of you. If you leave it in, it may be fine. That's This is where it comes into the maybe. maybe. But your random change of mental direction is probably part of your authenticity and you might want to leave that in unless you give yourself those easy moments to edit out. So focus on keeping your authenticity in your recording, but in everything you do, it goes back to golden rule number one. Improve your presentation first. Or another way you could look at it is edit yourself first. Edit your own communication first. That will make so many other things so much easier because it spills over into more than just your podcast. It spills into everything you do in life, in communication. People will appreciate communicating with you so much more if you can communicate better and with fewer distractions. So in conclusion to this challenge of the podcasting assumptions, is editing necessary? Well, I'll give you a lawyer-like answer. It depends. There's really no clear answer on this. Some people are really good at presenting, so good that they don't need any editing whatsoever. Other people will understand editing well enough that they can present with some mistakes, but they allow themselves to do it over and they don't punish themselves for making a mistake, but they make it easy to edit as well. So it's not like trying to remove um and uh and, and stuff and, and pauses and, and, re, and uh, um, repeats inside of your sentence. But it's pause, let me just do that over. Let me say that again and continue. Like Michael Hyatt does this. Now, you wouldn't know he does this. He's mentioned it a couple times on his podcast, how he presents. But he'll be presenting and he'll realize oh, that didn't come out quite right. He'll pause and he'll make a note to his editor and he'll say, hey, um, his editor's name. Just let me say that over again, and then he'll resume. We do that sometimes with our podcast when we make a big mistake and 
want it to be edited out, we might just pause and say, hey, can you just fix that right there or just use what I'm about to say or take use this take instead of the other one. And that way you can redo it instead of trying to fix the fine little details inside of it. But other people may be just starting out. You may be just starting out podcasting and it can be a struggle to talk into a microphone with no one in front of you to keep the energy level high, to be engaging, be informative, that can be hard. And so sometimes editing would be good for you to help you make a good first impression and help you learn how to present better as you're starting out. But if you've been doing this for 50 episodes, 100 episodes, then I hope you're doing less editing than you were doing before and that your skills in presenting have gotten better. And sometimes... We all have little mistakes that can and maybe should be removed without causing a distraction because those little mistakes are too much of a distraction and that can be part of it. Now, Gary Vaynerchuk, by the way, I I meant to mention in last episode how much Gary Vaynerchuk's uh, book, Crush It, really ties in with personal branding and so much of the book is really about improve your personal brand so that you can have a way to crush it. But I just finished reading the audiobook there that was really good. The audiobook is so much better than the printed book because he goes off on these little tangents in the audiobook. That's his personality. It is his presentation style. Was it distracting? Not really. It was great extra content. And in his audiobook and in the book, he talks about how when he does his show, Wine Library TV, that His style, his authenticity is whatever happens, happens. Whatever quality he can get is the quality he uses. Sometimes it looks horrible. Sometimes it looks okay. Sometimes someone will walk by and he'll wave hello. He leaves that in because it's part of him. I I disagree with that a little bit because some of those things can be distracting. It's like if I'm talking to you and you're listening to me, we're engaged in a conversation, and I see a friend walk by, and I suddenly stop our conversation, I stop engaging with you, or maybe listening to you, I engage with that friend, and maybe even forget about you, but come back to you, how do you feel? Maybe a little disrespected, maybe a little annoyed, maybe you have some less respect for me because I allowed that distraction instead of listening to you. So how much editing is necessary? It really depends. There's no hard guideline on this. But remember those three golden rules. Number one, improve your presentation first. Number two, remove distractions. And number three, keep authenticity. So now you may be thinking, yes, I need editing or I want editing, but I don't have the time. Well, go back to rule number one first. Improve your presentation If you still need help, though, then find someone. You might be able to find a volunteer to help you out or maybe hire someone to help you out and maybe even just lower your standard of editing a little bit. And when you're thinking about, oh, it'll cost a certain amount to hire someone else, think about how much more you could accomplish if you load that task onto someone else. This was something that I was running into with our Once Upon a Time podcast and our Clean Comedy podcast with writing the show notes and editing the audio and doing a lot of this stuff myself. I was realizing that the podcasting was keeping me from my business. Not the podcasting was helping my business, but keeping me from it by taking so much time to edit this podcast episode. And yes, my podcast is part of my business. All of my podcasts are part of my business part of Noodle Mix Network, which is a division of D. Joseph Design LLC. I'm really excited that I have that LLC now and some other cool things that have made my business a lot more official in the last year and a lot more structured as well. But but if you give that responsibility to someone else, like I did, let me say that differently. When I gave that responsibility to someone else, it freed up so much more of my time. And one of the things that my wife especially appreciates is that I 
no longer stay up until 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning editing a podcast episode we recorded at 8 o'clock that evening because it's something I give to someone else that they will either stay up later and they've planned their schedule to be able to stay up late or they do it the next day for me and have it available at a certain time. And that relieves so much of the pressure from me and it allows me to focus on other things that I feel are more profitable or just help me make a better podcast by giving me more time to prepare on other things or more time to market the podcast or more time to engage with the community. Typical editing expenses, if you look at hiring someone else, your typical expenses that you'll see will be usually based on the amount of editing required and how many hours that takes. So what you may see, it's a massive range, but you might see as low as $10 per labor hour to $50 to labor hour, sometimes more, sometimes less, depending on how skilled they are, where they're from, what country they're from, and all of that. And this might be, by labor hour, I mean that three to one ratio thing. It's one hour of content, but it might be three hours of editing. So you have to pay them for three hours. Some editors may give you an a, a limit on your content to say, well, for every hour of content, I charge this month much. And there was someone actually in the live show last week in the chat room that was asking about editing and offline uh, after or before the podcast I recorded I recommended that if you're looking at providing an editing service to people, you could look at this thing of labor hour, but then they have no idea how much time it will take you. You have no idea. But another way you could look at it is different levels of production. So one level is I just add your intro and your outro, and it costs this much per hour of content hour, not labor hour, content hour, or uh, and that would be the cheapest plan, maybe. Or the top plan is listen and remove ums, uhs, pauses, all of this stuff. The kind of stuff that editing requires to listen through the episode completely, not just edit the problem spots. That kind of thing where they have to get into the detailed work, that's going to be a lot more expensive. So keep that in mind that the more you ask of your editor, the more it will cost. If you'd like to hire my editor, well, first... Look at some of the work that he's done. He handles now editing the ramen noodle episodes, our once podcast episode, and several of our videos. Like all of the CES videos were edited by my editor, and I didn't work on those hardly at all because I needed to be busy on other stuff. And the problem, the audio problem, by the way, with the CES videos, totally not his fault. That was the fault of our equipment. So that he actually improved that a little bit, and we worked together on some of that. So if you're interested in hiring an editor, then I have a link and email address, the information in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash editing for episode 178. And you can contact him, and I'm sure he'd love to work with you because he's one of those people who likes editing. And that's the kind of person you want to edit your shows, is someone who likes editing. Content producers tend to not like editing. Do what you like. Do what you are good at doing and try to get someone else to do what you're not good at doing or what you don't like doing or what you shouldn't be doing. I love the three lists that Chris Ducker shares in his book, Virtual Freedom. A great book, by the way, really inspirational if you're in business. But look at getting someone else to do the editing for you if you know you need it or want it, but just don't have the time. And you have to decide, is it worth the cost? Is it worth $50 per episode to have someone else do it for you? Is it worth $10? Whatever it costs, is it worth that to you? So what do you think about podcast editing and authenticity? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Please comment on the show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash editing and keep the conversation going in there to let me know how you approach editing or what you think about how other podcasters approach editing or maybe don't approach it. Comment on the show notes for episode 178 at theaudacitypodcast.com slash editing. I have one announcement for you. My podcast reviews is now totally, completely online and available, and it's growing fast. This is really cool service. I've got a seven-minute intro video on the site over at mypodcastreviews.com that shows you how you can set it up, how you work with the different options. 
And by the way, that video is seven minutes long. It doesn't take you seven minutes. I put some very popular podcasts with hundreds of reviews into the system to load test it, speed test it. And I got the complete archive of international podcast reviews automatically emailed back to me within, I think, two minutes, two or three minutes was how it timed back. That's far faster than the old tool that was OS ten only comment cast. That would take you 10, 15 minutes to check one podcast. Doing this manually, <clears throat> doing this manually by checking iTunes would take you hours if you have several podcasts. So go over to mypodcastreviews.com, watch that video. But here's the really cool thing. <clears throat> but here's the really cool thing. I'm excited about this. I was a little hesitant before I did this, but once I had this in place, it made me really excited. You look at my podcast reviews, and it's designed for the podcaster who's serious about podcasting. There are paid plans. $5 a month gives you one podcast, weekly emails, and it sends you your complete archive of podcast reviews when you first sign up. And then there are larger plans, like if you have five podcasts or 10 podcasts. If you upgrade to 10 podcasts, you have the ability to get daily emails. And with the, the each plan that you choose, paid plan, you can choose on which day you receive your email, especially on the higher plans. But on the, the network and enterprise level plans, you can set for daily emails to see... Uh, you can set daily emails. You can set a daily schedule for each podcast. So you receive an email every day letting you know whether you receive new reviews. But each of these costs, and I get it, you're, you might be a hobbyist podcaster and checking your reviews, keeping up with that might not be as important. So I'm thrilled to say there's a free plan now. I had this in the works a little bit, but I didn't want to launch with it because I just wanted to feel the water a little bit to see, does anyone want a free plan? Because I, I, no one beforehand was asking, hey, is there going to be a free version? Maybe one person did. But now there is a free version. Here's what you get with the free version. It's one podcast, one monthly automated email instead of weekly. And for that one podcast, when you initially add it, you don't get the complete archive of reviews. You just get a limited most recent reviews, but it is still international. So it's not only United States, but it is still your international reviews, but it's just a certain limited number of reviews. And you can find more information about that over at mypodcastreviews.com. And I'm thrilled to offer this free plan because this is a tool that I think the podcasting industry needs. Yes, if you like the free plan, consider it like a trial method. If you like it, I hope that you'll upgrade to the paid plans like $5 a month, $15, $25, and so on. And we also now have an enterprise, several different enterprise level plans that if you have a lot of podcasts in your network or you want to do a lot of market research on your competition, there are higher plans and you can contact us for more information about that through the website at mypodcastreviews.com. But I'd love to see you using the service. That's why we now offer a free plan for it. So go over to mypodcastreviews.com, sign up, get the free plan. And also on mypodcastreviews.com at the bottom of the page is a place where you can enter your email address to be put on the newsletter for updates, tips, and such. And you get the free ebook, Seven Ways to Get More Podcast Reviews. Seven- and you get the free ebook, Seven Ways to Get More iTunes Reviews for Your Podcast. So check that out over at mypodcastreviews.com. I'm thrilled about it. I am so excited about this service. I'd love to have you using it, even if you're just using the free plan. That's at mypodcastreviews.com. So please keep this conversation going about editing and share with me your thoughts on editing and authenticity. Go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash editing to leave a comment on the show notes. And if you have any feedback that, uh, no, if you have any suggestions for future podcasting assumptions that I should challenge, please email those to feedback at the audacity to podcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 
888-222-2221. You can also go to the audacitypodcast.com on your computer or iOS device and send a voice message right through there. Use the same site and services to send me feedback of other things you'd like me to cover in upcoming episodes of the Audacity to Podcast, or if you'd like to hire me to help you launch or improve your podcast, I'd love to work with you on that. Use the same feedback methods, and I'll try to get back with you. This episode has been recorded while I'm, or this episode has been recorded before I'm going on a little family vacation, so I'm enjoying vacation right now, and that's why there is no live show this week if you're interested. But join me again on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash live. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast. No. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitypodcast.com. Thanks for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com. Okay, now let's talk about what I would have edited in this episode, and you probably noticed most of the spots, but a couple places that I would have edited, there were several times where my mouth is dry. This is early in the morning when I'm recording this episode, actually, because we're supposed to have left already for this trip, and I still need to pack, but I was doing some of my podcast review stuff this morning, so my mouth is still a little bit dry. I have some water with me and there were several points where I could just feel my mouth getting too dry and I had to stop and take a drink. I would have removed those silences and tightened that up a little bit. There were a couple times where I had to clear my throat. I would have removed those and I would have, all of these spots are things that I would have known I would have wanted to edit them and I would have marked them. There was a moment where I'm not sure if it made it in the recording, but my wife went outside and watered the plants and I'm right by where that hose connects to the house. And so when you turn on the water, it makes this squeak sound and it runs a little bit. I would have probably marked that to go back and see, do I need to edit that? I might have just paused and reset that, whatever it was I said there regularly. At the, uh, There were a couple places where I stumbled over saying something or... I lost track of where I was in my notes or I forgot what I was thinking when I wrote down something in my notes. And so I had to stop focus or I started to speak and realize, no, this isn't communicating. Well, let me say that again. I would have edited those points out. I would have placed a marker at those points so that I would go back and edit them. These are the distracting problems that I'm talking about, but the occasional spots here and there where I stumble over a little word I probably would not have edited those out. Like, I'm surprised I didn't stumble over my uh, the word edit or editing or edited. Now I feel like I am stumbling over them, but I might have stumbled over them, but I'm not going to go back and find those places and edit them out. I don't look for things to edit. I jump to the places I know need to be edited because I place a marker in the recording. My closing, I completely messed that up. I, I did a couple things wrong. One was that I said something that I realized I didn't really want to say that in the closing while the music was going. I also completely messed up my branded closing where I used to say, now that I've given you got some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time to, for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. That's what I used to say. And you heard me start to say that because, yes, sometimes I still mess that up since I've changed my branding a little bit. So what I did is I just paused and said it the right way. And what I would have done in my editing, because I record into a Zoom H4n, which is a four-track recorder, and there are now many other awesome options like the Zoom H5, the Zoom H6, the Behringer UFX1204 uh, mixer as well as the UFX 1604 mixer. Uh, these are all multi-track recording devices. And when I record into my H4n, my sounds and supporting effects and even my guests usually go into a separate track from my own voice. 
So what I would have done in that closing part where I messed it up completely, and in fact, I didn't even bring the music up like I would have normally done. And the reason I did that was because I didn't want to make it really weird for you by the music is suddenly too loud. But what I would have normally done is gone ahead and let the music fade back in to full volume even while I'm speaking because in my editor, since I have the recordings on two separate tracks, I can change the alignment of those tracks and shift the music over to where it should be so that I finish speaking and then music fades in at just the right point. I always dynamically fade in and fade out my music. The one exception there is with the ramen noodle. It starts out with a quiet spot and then the speaking starts. So we just say our thing and then the speaking starts. So it's no fade in, fade out. Also, our Wonderland podcast is pre-faded. It has its points where it fades in and fades out. So I don't handle fading there. But for Once Podcast and for the Audacity to Podcast, I do dynamically fade in and fade out with my soundboard, which I use Ambrosia Software's soundboard for Mac OS X. And I would use that on iPad. But you can also do something similar like with Boss Jock or Jingle Palette for Windows, which is now the great app to use in that way. So dynamic fading in and fading out. I don't adjust those in post, but because I record on separate tracks, I'm able to shift those things around. So I don't feel like I have to comment on my production. There was also a moment where um, there were a couple other sounds in my house or my computer. I forgot to close TweetBot early on in the episode and I had messaged someone this morning to let them know about the free plan for my podcast reviews, and I got a reply back from them while I was recording, and you might have heard the little chime in the background. That was from TweetBot, because I forgot to close TweetBot and turn off the notifications from my computer, so that little sound made it into the recording. Since that went into a separate track, I would have normally marked that spot and just gone back and cut that audio from the background audio track, and you would have never heard that in the recording. So those are the things that I would have edited in this episode, and each of those would have been spots where I knew it was a distracting point, or I knew I needed to pause and figure out what I was going to say. And so I would have marked those spots, removed those silences, removed those stumbles, removed those extra sounds, the background sounds, or uh, clipped it so that where I had to repeat myself because the first time I didn't quite say it right, I would have removed those first times and let only the second time in so that it would have been a smoother presentation. But every one of those, I would have marked and gone back and edited those points and not listened to the full episode because I don't listen to my episodes in order to edit them. But this episode, which works great since I'm going on a little vacation, this episode was released completely unedited. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. And by the way, the opening, I'm so surprised that I didn't mess up the opening because usually I do mess up the opening. Like I I stumble over saying passion, organization, and dialogue again, or I forget to say my name where I usually say it, anything like that, or I stumble over the episode title or get the number wrong, stuff like that. But I didn't mess up the opening this morning. And if I had live viewers at this moment, they would have said, yes, you nailed it. So I'd love to hear your thoughts, not only on editing in general, but also on what you thought of this particular episode and my approach to how I would have edited this episode, but the fact that I left it unedited. Thank you so much for listening. I'm on vacation at the time that you're listening to this, but I will be back. Please keep the feedback coming and please check out my podcast reviews.com. Thanks for listening.